0: Young Metro, I to my Welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I'm here with Dave Martinson. He's Mary y'all. <laughs> I prefer taser face actually. Ah, oh, dude, t- <laughs> that, the Shout whole taser face, way- man. Yeah, taser face. He was just I mean, trying man. to
1: put put food on the table, man. You know, but
0: Taserface, <laughs> where well, he lacked in brains, creat- yeah, brains, creativity, charm, wit, he had heart. Yeah, he had a lot of heart, and he he just was not going to give up on that name. I mean, no matter how many times I made fun of him, he just... And Rocket like, was brutal, man. Rocket was killing them. <laughs> Which, just before we even get there, it's crazy that that's Bradley Cooper, right? Yeah. He, su- such a good performance. Great, great voice range. Yeah. no, yeah, it does, does a great job there. Phenomenal. So we're obviously going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Logic put out a new album that Dave made me listen to. I guess he didn't make me listen to it, but I listened to it. Dave listened to it. We have a lot of thoughts. Let's start with something that kind of blew our minds this morning, though. The Meadows, festival we went to last year, headlined by Kanye West, who had ended his performance early for a Kim Kardashian oh, robbery. Yeah, robbery. In Paris. Yeah. J. Jay Cole, The Weekend, Chance, Kago. Like just a lot. a lot. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of really big artists last year for their first year. Oh, your favorite band, the 1975. Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the Meadows their second year they dropped their album they're ah. going to three days yep and the headliners we already knew gorillas but oh, that was the only one we knew
1: there were some hints yeah
0: jay-z and red hot chili peppers wow i mean jay-z man they nailed it it's and going then, back to made in america first yeah. time since 2012 when they started it well yeah which is his festival so it makes sense right. that he would show up but he hasn't he hasn't been touring in no. a long time he hasn't tour, but, he's not in the studio he doesn't yeah. do features. It's been at least four years since the Suit
1: and Tie tour. With, yeah, Card of Holy Grail tour. Oh, and then the Suit and Tie tour with Timberlake. Yeah, with Timberlake. Yeah. I, was just, I, I was actually saw him on that one, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, the second line is probably... The second and third line is probably where they make most of their money, though. Because, I mean, Jay-Z, Red Chili Peppers, and Gorillas is phenomenal. I mean, just nailed it. But then they have Future, Nas, Bass Nectar, Weezer, Run the Jewels, LL Cool J, MIA, Erykah Badu... Boss of the People, Migos, and Action Bronson. Wow. I mean... Fucking awesome, dude. That's a stellar, like, what, that's, like, 13 artists right there? Mm Mm-hmm. The the Migos hints were were correct, correct. as were the Joey Badass hints. Yep, and Weezer, which they nailed. I wonder if the the GOAT one was supposed to be Jay-Z. I don't know. Perhaps, yeah. That makes Uh, sense. I don't know, but they also have a pretty interesting mix of EDM on this. Very little rock. It's like basically if you're if you're a huge rock fan, you're just coming to see gorillas and red red actually peppers at this point. I mean, Weezer. Weezer <laughs> eh, I mean they're okay. I, Didn't people like their last album? Was that last summer? Ah, uh, you know honestly, I don't know what they released this year. Sounds horrible so, at least in my oh. opinion, very like just too poppy for Weezer. They need to kind mm. of stay in that niche indie soft rock. I believe yeah if that, be successful. that makes sense. Yeah. But then after them it's so like TV on the Radio, the People, I guess, Ooh. which you can see them literally any fa- I, if I go to this festival, this will be like my fifth time seeing Fossil People, and that's, impressive. that's four times more than I ever wanted to. <laughs> but yeah, I think the thing that stands out most is the rap on this lineup. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you tweeted about it today. Wh- which ones are you most excited for? Because I, I know you're gonna go. Yeah, definitely gonna go. This is this is really really
1: strong. I think just the general old school OG. Tilt, obviously Jay Z and Nas at the same festival was really impressive. Yeah, uh, Run the Jewels, they're mm-hmm. kind of the new new group, but old school guys, right? Yeah. But then LL Cool J, which definitely have no idea when the last time he ever performed was. He's been an actor for a while now, you know. it'd be like if Ice Cube
0: came back and just doing every award show, not exactly. known to mankind. And then De La Soul, Big Boy, mm-hmm. really impressive. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. Yeah, and Ghostface, yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: it's weird because. We, Wu-Tang Clan, as the group, is going to be at Governor's Ball, mm-hmm. so interesting. I mean, Ghostface has always kind of been active, so is Method Man, but right, that's pretty sweet. And then, I mean, there's a lot of nice young
0: hip-hop guys as well, so really strong. Right. I think De La Soul, once you knew Gorillaz was on this, made yeah. so much sense, because you course. know that they're going to show up mm-hmm. with Gorillaz. But, yeah, it was really impressed to see that, and then they basically went with maybe the... This is, like, a, a weird way to say it, but maybe the EDM artist with the strongest following... Because base heads are like.
1: Yeah. They're like, I like the thought, Grateful Dead. I thought people. that was kind of
0: weird. I didn't realize base nectar was such a big deal. He's huge, man. And like, literally, if you're a base head, you basically follow him all around the country. It's kind of like, literally, like I the see. Grateful Dead of our generation, which a much weird, worse Grateful Dead. thing but to say, yeah. It is what it is. You know, I'm like 50 50 on going to this. I, I really want to, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to to make it work financially for me right now.
1: Well, you don't want to see Tory Lane's?
0: But if, well, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go for Gorillaz. Like, that's basically the main reason. I saw Red Hot Chili Peppers, I've seen Jay-Z. I have a theory that the way they'll do this is they'll have
1: gorillas and then they'll have, like, future the same time i think to really split the crowd that that'd be interesting something like that you know maybe yeah. you're not future might be too big but
0: yeah i, I could rtj
1: somebody they'll have some big rap hit i could see rtj getting that yeah you know
0: i think that makes sense and i think it also would just be smart because there's gonna be a lot of people that probably don't want to see the gorillas because i mean we talked about their album on uh, what last week's episode or two weeks mm-hmm. ago but last it week just wasn't Sandlot that it wasn't that compelling podcast. So, yes. now stay plugged in But the la-
1: thing about the Meadows last year, two days, but basically, if you were one fan, you did this order of stages, you were the other kind of fan, you did this. Like, it was yeah. very, there was no... And they were opposite. There so was no yeah. making, like, Rolling Loud at, uh, this past weekend as a hip-hop-only festival. Mm-hmm. You had choices to make, so... Right you know you, you really have to figure it out but for the meadows last year it was just we're going here we're going
0: there we're going there and then oh you're, you're trying different you're doing the opposite right exactly so, well dave tell me about rolling locks i know that they live streamed it and you really wanted to go and couldn't, couldn't i not d- make it work. i did
1: yeah so i'm actually happy i didn't go because it seemed to be a, a really rowdy rambunctious crowd really uh, and you know i'm all for getting lit that makes sense but uh i mean yeah but it seemed like it was a little amateur hour like we had people passing out oh, not geez. hydrating and climbing on fences to get better views mm-hmm. also the stream which was done by revolt tv There was a few times where people could just stand in the camera shot and i'm like why is this so bush league why are people in your in your, in your stream shot also migos got shut down because the crowd was too rowdy and then moved to a different stage uh, like 45 minutes late yep little Rosie dr- vert jumped off like a 20 foot ledge like he was fucking eddie Vedder, Jesus. and apparently he's fine Oh, that that's good. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, there was a "fuck Joe Budden" chant at the Yachty show, and Yachty was like, "Just let that old man live," <laughs> which was, I thought a great, uh, great way to handle yeah. it. Yeah. Travis Scott had like an animatronic bird on, on stage, was it like flying around, videoing or something. No, it was just like a big like bird statue thing doing huh. weird stuff because you know, "Birds in the Trap" was his right. last album. Uh, yeah, it looked like it was a, a great time. Uh, lots of you know people bringing out. Guys, they collaborated with because yeah. everyone was there. Oh, absolutely. So it looked like it went pretty well. Those need to get better organized year after year. This is the third year now, but the first year it got it kind of rained out, and this is the first year has three days. So, and it was sold out. So it's definitely not going to go away. And it's no, given the lineup not. they had, really exciting. So
0: that's I mean that's kind of crazy. People like it just yeah rowdy. jumping off stages. Like I think they were a little team. lax with uh security patting people down too <laughs> i <that> does not <laughs> surprise me at all wow that does sound really crazy i don't think the medals would be anything like that but no. it has i mean pretty comparable hip-hop i mean obviously not as deep because rolling loud was such a specific type of festival so they right. just went all for of that genre but yeah. i'd say they probably did about what 50 percent of what rolling loud was able to do just in terms of getting yeah. like a name like Jay Z is huge, especially because he yeah, hasn't. Yes, of been course, so, of course. Why don't we move on though, because we don't have a lot of time. Before we do, I just want to shout out my boys LCD Sound System. Two new they released songs. two new songs. You like them though? I, I like both of them very much. That's good. Call the police, especially, but uh, American there one, American. Yeah, American Dream. Got it's it, uh universe? it's an interesting one because it's, it's like a very basic like waltz sound with like just mm-hmm. like the synths just like slowly building up. Very cool. No album date yet, right? Not uh, yet. Yeah, I'd probably expect it maybe around like July at this point. There's listening. nothing out that far right now. Just Haim. Oh, so, that's right, Haim. Which I don't think they care when Haim drops their album because those fans are not... They had a second song come out, and again, very poor YouTube traction. I'm very surprised at how they're not promoting these songs. But it's on Spotify. Right. So, strange. that that uh, They even said that that one is going to be off the album for sure. So, the other one... You're right. And, and they said that the other one was uh, not on the album. Because right? they said this, this one was the first one. Yeah. So, good call, dude. Give you some props there. When we talk about the Blade Runner... Trailer. 2049. Yeah, I mean, Danny Villeneuve, our guy. 2049. How old will I be then? 49, 50s, 58. Jesus. Old. Yeah. Well, if 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 the, if the world changes as much as it looks like in in Blade Runner, we're all people will be years. on Mars by then. That'd be cool. Yeah. Pretty nice. I'd probably, I'd probably go to Mars. One way trip? Would you do it?
1: Would you march in that ship? I don't know for a one way trip, but well, it's going to be one way trips initially.
0: Right now, yeah. But I, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not going to go initially. I'm That's true. I think they'll
1: have one way trips. They want to have one of by like the mid 2020s, according yeah. to Elon Musk and stuff. Cool so. shit, man. What does he know? I don't know. He just funds the most successful private space travel yeah. what venture ever. What does it he was, know? You
0: know? Um. Anyway, Blade Runner. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Yeah. He man's looks like he's having a, a a tough time. You know who doesn't look like he's having a tough time? Jared Leto. No. He looks like he's having a great. time. I'm
1: happy. Because post-suicide squad, you know, uh, it's like everyone forgot Dallas Buyers Club happened when he right, won an Oscar, so like, yeah, that's good. Jared Lowe's a good actor.
0: He is a good actor. Even, like, even as a Joker, he wasn't totally horrible. It's it just was just a weird choice, I feel irritating. like. Irritating. Yes, irritating choice. Good way to put that. So, what stood out to you about this trailer? Because I think we both think it's pretty dope. Yeah,
1: Denny Villeneuve's cinematography. Every shot looked beautiful. The colors definitely jumped out. They yeah. like an awesome dystopian World, mm-hmm. just like the original Blade Runner, but now it's in 2017 with uh, up-and-coming filmmaker. Well, not, he's, I think he's come up by now, an right. uh, acclaimed filmmaker. Touch, really. Scott's just producing this one, so, right. you know, Denny Villeneuve, He's, we've talked about his movies a lot, but he's got what four acclaimed films now, and now he hit his. Now he's got a franchise movie. It looks like this is gonna work out, and dude, it looks fucking awesome. I mean, and I still don't really know what. This is the first full-length trailer, and we really don't know much about the plot.
0: No, it there's always good. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. Basically all you know is what well, Ryan Gosling goes to Harrison Ford and is like, "Hey, I need your yeah. help." And Harrison Ford's just hanging out in his gray t-shirt. Mm-hmm. in 2049 well, everybody else is wearing crazy outfits and he's like hey i'm still wearing great tees yeah. just so you know my style does not change i'm harrison ford now yeah i don't care about no replicants i'll do what i want <laughs> yeah it looks it does look very good it comes uh, out in october so yeah big fall movie before uh, thor and star wars yeah that's gonna be a crazy run at the end of the year yeah but yeah i think i'm definitely looking forward to that one dark tower though so you you told me that this was stephen king uh, yeah the
1: dark tower is a whole series of stephen king books that are very popular I, i've read about it before but it's like a it's A dystopian world. There's time traveler things like where there's like this kind of apocalyptic world there, and they Mm -hmm. can time travel or you know use a portal to get to like the modern world, which you kind of see in this trailer. Very popular. It's got a huge fan base. But this trailer, I can't speak to how it compares to the books, of course, but does not do much to incite
0: me as someone who didn't read these books. I actually saw it when, before I saw Guardians. They showed it as a preview. And then say you were like, hey, did you see that, that Dark Tower trailer? It's like, eh, maybe. And you were like, oh, yeah, it was that one. that And like has yeah. Idris Elba doing weird stuff and with the gun." And McConaughey uh, looks like a textbook bad guy. Yeah, and for having two big stars like that, I really did not remember the trailer until you brought mm-hmm. it up. So that's definitely not a good sign if it's not memorable. This is also our first look at it. The
1: movie comes out this summer. So everyone was yeah. kind of concerned about it, and this was this might be a movie where the reshoots and the radio silence was probably a bad sign. Reshoots aren't usually a bad thing, but it was like this this movie just had a lot of issues. Is Idris Elba overrated? I don't think he's overrated. I don't, I,
0: mean, I think he might be a little overrated. What what bad movies has he been in? Well, this he hasn't has been, been a
1: star in that many things, to be honest.
0: I guess that's kind of what I'm I'm saying. I feel like he gets like thrown up there. Is like I I think it's probably mostly the James Bond talk. He gets yeah. kind of thrown up there as like a big movie star, but he just does a lot of really good voice work. He, I mean, he was Stringer Bell. He was really great in that role. And I mean, the he got Wire. a lot of a lot but, of love for Luther TV show. That's true too. I've never seen Luther, so I guess I can't speak to that. But I feel like he gets put up in an, in an echelon that he's not quite there yet. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah.
1: I don't think. Yeah. I don't think
0: he's been in enough of the roles. We'd have to go through his IMDb. To Beast do that, of No Nation. So. He was good in. Maybe, and maybe. Don't
1: forget Thor, man. He's fucking guarding that that's that true. portal tube thing. That's Heimdall. Yeah.
0: yeah, he's pretty good at. In, I mean, he has a, it's a it's a bit role, right?
1: Yeah, looked like he was actually kicking ass in the Thor trailer, though. He was
0: like chopping people in the woods, like he was Kylo Ren. Looked pretty cool.
1: Yeah, So good. they're giving him more to do.
0: The the Thor trailer continues to be a really great trailer. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Definitely. So moving on, Game of Thrones announced this week that they're going to have four spinoff yeah, shows. Yeah, up to four at least. They've commissioned many writers. So we don't really have many other details around it Just, right they're now. They're doing it. So. What would you want to see? First, first of take, spin-off? of course, is that this is obvious. That they're
1: going to do more Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Next year is the final season. Right. So they're not going to let their most successful, highest-rated show ever go away. And such a rich world from George R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. despite not finishing his world, he's given so much backstory and so much other things Yet yeah, there's tons to do. Oh, yeah, what do you think you would do? There's a bunch of options
0: for me. I think doing like, like a prequel thing would be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that's um, the safe option. Very cool. obvious. Actually, shout out Tower of Joy episode aired a year ago today. So happy anniversary to the Tower of Joy episode because it was on my birthday last year. Oh yeah, you so had like, to rewatch. Happy birthday to me, by the way. So I, I need to sneak that in. But <laughs> Anyways, no days off. Yeah, I I think it'd be interesting to look at like, what was going on around that. So just, like Robbers Rebellion. Yeah, I suppose Th- well they've already touched. cast young Ned Stark. Mm-hmm. If you like that guy, I like it is easier. Yeah, might and as well. Young
1: Robert. I mean, that would be really easy for to latch onto because it's kind of a straightforward conflict. with uh, And you actually get to see like, Targaryens right. at the end. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of cool stuff there.
0: Yeah, that, that was my initial uh, younger one You Jamie Lannister. Maybe you keep mm-hmm. Costor Waldo. Yeah, you could definitely, sure. After that, it was hard for me to really think up what I wanted to see. Because that's
1: the only thing most viewers would really identify with, because mm-hmm. it, it's recent. It's like, this this happened, you know, a decade right. before, however much long it was before the show actually started. Everything else is like way back story that only bookheads and big nerds would actually recognize. There's Aegon's Conquest, when like, they take over the continent, uh, mm-hmm. the start of the Targaryen dynasty, uh, the Dance with Dragons where, like, there's with, tons of dragons that? and stuff. It was kind of like a power struggle on the family. In the I don't think they would do that. Yeah, like, those Too are, like, expensive. see, that's the thing, like, those are, exactly. Anything with tons of dragons just mm-hmm. is not
0: feasible. No. Yeah, it's it's funny. They they have, like, what, four houses? Or, like, four, like, main houses, what the... Well, I mean, it's fucked on houses. Well, I guess, the main like, one? like, the, it's, at this point, it's the Targaryens, slash... Lannisters, Lannisters Starks, Starks. Martells. Yeah, uh, and that's probably the big ones. And there's like the the Tyrells and the other North houses. And yeah, I feel like you could just branch off and give each one of them their own show if you really wanted to, which I don't. I don't foresee them doing. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to do the story of the White Walkers. Yeah, I, I immediately states.
1: thought of like the Children of the Forest mm-hmm. or like the old OG like Night's Watch stuff. Yeah, tons of
0: mystical things you could do there. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what else. I mean, did any other ideas come to mind for you?
1: I think those are the big things. I mean, doing a Game of Thrones spinoff. You have to, in my my opinion, you have to stick to what is appealing to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. We have the, the huge throne sets, whether they're book right. readers or not. They don't really count because they're a small amount of the viewing audience that makes us a juggernaut. It's gonna do well. This show is gonna do well regardless. But oh yeah. You don't want to have a fear of The Walking Dead, no. where I don't expect something to be critically panned from HBO, especially something that's so important like this. No. But that was rated well, and then it went away because no one really cared. Right. So you have to kind of, I think, I and, think and the appeal with game of thrones of course is such an intriguing world that sucks you in right away but also characters mm-hmm. and that's probably why robert's rebellion is so easy yeah to do as as a first spin-off i way, would bank on that. Is because one. there's multiple characters we've already seen right and just seeing them younger is like oh cool you know and the people mm-hmm. we've heard about
0: do you think they'll continue to expand on the story do you think they'll go like, oh you mean like after the books? yeah like a post book type show that's a great question
1: yeah Man, man, because at that Bo- point bookheads would be furious. That they would. They'd be paving new roads with George R. Still like gonna finish these books. Oh my god, right. that'd be awesome. You know, very possible. I, Star Wars doing it. I kind of think they. That has to be one of them because I can't imagine that. I, that won't be first, but if these no. spinoffs do well, ten, well five, would maybe you... ten years later. Yeah. Seven years later, however long we go, spinoffs probably will only be will be short amount of seasons. We're we'll sure. not gonna kind of go eight
0: seasons with the spinoffs. That'll probably happen. Yeah, yeah, it'll probably come out right as George R. R. Martin is releasing the next book. So yeah. and I will still have one more book to go. <laughs> <laughs> that that dude, I mean, he wasn't. I talked he about it a few weeks handed... ago. The book's ain't coming. I'm sorry. He probably never handed a paper on in on time in college. Nah, he always
1: asked for an extension. Yeah, and I'm they were like, got
0: him. George, it's only a five page paper, and he's like, Well, Matt page 25 he's kept right taking f's because he's wanted to finish the paper <laughs> well, so why don't we move on to logic yeah. because yeah. let us know if you have any game of thrones yeah thoughts tweet us at pod and uh, logic
1: thoughts too which we're gonna get to
0: yeah so logic i want to preface this by saying i've listened to some logic singles before mostly when i'm hanging out with you and you play logic and i'm like yeah, yeah he's pretty good i'd never like search him out to listen to him mm-hmm. so i want to preface it with that this was an interesting album to jump into with logic Definitely <laughs> put it that it's, way. It's like jumping into Blank Face LP as your first schoolboy Q album. It's just yeah, a little too dense. Yeah, I was I I was like immediately just kind of thrown off with how like the first song Hallelujah goes from being like a, a rap song to all of a sudden he's dead and talking with Neil deGrasse Tyson who's God. So it was very strange. Yeah. But moving, I guess, like moving forward, as someone that has been following Logic is a big fan of him, what were you? expecting from this album.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, his last album, which came out in the fall of 2015, The Incredible mm-hmm. True Story, was my favorite Logic project. It was his second album, and he's had a bunch of mixtapes before that. And the reason I liked it so much was because it was a really cool concept album. It was uh, had some sci-fi things about like, you know, like traveling in the future and Logic had he had talked about how he wrote like a whole transcript or movie script for like the theme of this album, right? But it was really thought out. He had his goals And there was kind of like cool uh, interlude scenes where there was like talking, like skits basically towards the end of songs Mm -hmm. or the beginning of songs. And it kind of like kept his narrative going. But the important thing was The Credible True Story had individual songs that you could just latch onto and Mm -hmm. play and enjoy. Some of them are single, some of them weren't. I wanted everybody, this new album, to kind of have same be in the same boat where... I know he's gonna have a concept album, but I want there to be songs I can pick out and play, like Kendrick Lamar with DNA or right. Element or mm-hmm. Humble or Loyalty. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> there's, or any there's, song
1: off of Kendrick Exactly. Enjoy Badass, same thing. He has other great songs you can pick out mm-hmm. of his incredibly conceptual album. Logic, this new album, unfortunately, despite its great intentions, does not have that many songs I wanna listen to again. No, I mean probably everybody. Is
0: and that was the first single, right? And again, that's the other problem where the best song is the first song he dropped. Yeah, everybody's definitely the most listenable song. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think it's not that any of his raps were bad. It's not. I thought a lot of the beats were very complex, but also I think like, it's awesome. got great, great
1: instrumental choices. Yes. Whether it's strings, horns, it, great ear for that.
0: Yeah. But just in the way it was constructed. And like the way that they were basically saying this is going to be a statement as a whole instead yeah. of just like each song is going to tell like its own kind of story just makes it the kind of thing where you can't just jump into it. Yeah. And that made it a little hard to get through, not going to lie. Oh, no. I skipped through a couple of songs when it started getting a little long. Like these are long songs, six minute rap songs. Are yeah. Really yeah. Long. It's what? It's a 70 minute album with only 12,
1: 13 songs? Yeah. So yeah, long long songs it's, for sure. But yeah, like like you said, I think at its worst, it, it's preachy.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think my
1: major problem with his concept is Kendrick. That's a really personal album about race and stuff. Mm-hmm. Joy, of badass. That's a really big picture album about race and stuff. Right. You know, written, macro, micro. Yeah, contemporary events, things like that. Right. Trump, etc. They're not throwing out solutions, but at least they have a scope. Logic scope is so fucking broad on this. That it's like, let's be good to each other. is good. He doesn't say anything on this album. <laughs> like, be good to each other. Like, he talks about how hard it is. For like him. Don't like walk walk in someone else's shoes before right. you prejudice someone. It's like it's just it's just preaching. And like, yes, I know you're biracial. I talked about this before, and he's I mean, even back to his mixtape days, he's brought his personal life experience into his music excellently. But on this, it just seems like he just has a such a basic concept and it's well-intentioned. Right. So it's still a good message. But I still don't think it's deep enough to, to- to hit, especially when there's not that many songs I want to hear
0: again. Yeah, it's a broad concept that's delivered from such a specific space. Yeah. Obviously he talks a lot about his own issues with race. He is biracial. The song, Take It Back, he actually has like the last three minutes where he's just telling his life story basically from Mm -hmm. the time he was born. He kind of like lays it all out and I kind of take that as like the direction he kind of delivers this all from. It's like Mm -hmm. I grew up, you know, mixed race. My mom hated me because I was half black, but that was her son. And he looks white right and Which, then he's like i'd go to school and people would say i'm white but i say i'm black and i, I get it yeah, but at exactly. the same time it's like i don't really understand what the purpose of taking such a broad angle was like you could you could speak to that experience and mm-hmm. it's very specific and still be successful in delivering a listenable album
1: yeah and also i don't think the skits add much to it then it's kind of weird <laughs> dude i was and also
0: super freaking long yeah i was really worried i thought every song was going to have a skit in it after the first song and i was mm-hmm. like oh this is going to be and that's really the incredible
1: yeah. true story. Had like you wouldn't even call him a skit so much like the outro of a song for fifteen seconds mm-hmm. kept that little narrative through line going, and it, it was cool. I liked it. It really set a vibe for the album. Right. But for this, it's just distracting. It kills. There's no mm-hmm. uh, like momentum or pacing for the album. Yeah. And the last song, twelve minutes long, Africarian, which was the uh, original title for the album, which I'm glad I changed it because that would just been yeah. incendiary for an unnecessary mm-hmm. reason given his intentions. Neil deGrasse Tyson's on it again, and then has, like, a ghost J. Cole feature at the end, which, like, J. Cole these days is slow and doesn't <laughs> add anything. And, just, and, like, like I was texting with my friends, I was like, Logic
0: pulled a coal on us. He just got yeah. mad preaching and didn't really do anything good on the album. He started folding clothes, man. First of all, side note, his first album's called The Incredible True Story? first
1: album's called Under Pressure. Second album's The Incredible second. True Story.
0: And is it ever acronym to t- tits? No, or it's incredible, uh, The, the Incredible True Story
1: yeah yeah that's the acronym
0: wow interesting yeah. I, I, I need you to go listen to that album now it's a it's, it's a
1: it's a fantastic album yeah
0: i saw you tweeting about that uh when you were kind of giving some of your thoughts yeah directly after listening how you thought after that that album kind of like the sky's the limit for logic and mm-hmm. he kind of hit a ceiling he didn't need to on this by kind of pigeonhol- pigeonholing himself with the concept and,
1: and, and one of the he has a song killer mike yeah Except Killer Mike does an outro on the song. Yeah, and he's not, got, a he's real not even verse. rapping. He's super, dis- it's spoken word. Uh, there's a song called America with Black Thought from the Roots, mm-hmm. Chuck D, and No I.D. Which sounds a lot like Fade. That song also is kind of boring. It is. Like, which... Black Thought is super, uh, or uh, Chuck, uh, uh, Chuck D is super uh, spoken wordy again. Mm-hmm. And No I.D., a legendary producer, is rapping at the end. What? No also, I.D. Also, he has Ansel Elgort doing some singing, which he's an actor. So, like, and I'm like, this is just a half-bit Sean Mendez right now. Right. And yeah. also, I, he's got, a, he's got a, a weird voice. Like, a,
0: it's unique, at least. He only has, like, one single out there. So, I don't know. That was a weird play as well. I kind of thought all of the features on this were kind of strange in different ways. I mean, like, when I saw the Killer Mike song, I'm like,
1: oh, this is going to be awesome. And, yeah. Because like, cause Logic, he never has his own flow, but he has a really good, he can adapt other flows. Like, mm-hmm. he's pulled a lot from Drake and Kendrick recently. Right. And I was like, oh, this will be an awesome song. Maybe him and Killer Mike go back and forth. I know, it's really disappointed. This song "Ink Blot" with Juicy J, which I thought Juicy J was kind of kind of like, I banged my head of that song a little bit. Yeah. But it's so disjointed because like yeah. him and lot, it doesn't make any sense. And my my final takeaway is "Black Spider Man," which was mm-hmm. the second song released with a yep. video. Nice message, until the end. The video didn't have this part. At the end, there's like a skit thing, mm-hmm. or like the kid, yeah. the kid who dies, where he talks to Neil. Adam. He's talking, yeah, Adam. He's talking about how uh, yeah, Spider Man should be black. Superman should be black, yeah, and all that 2nd I'm like, that is the most tone-deaf thing ever, because yeah. whenever they make a new character like Black Iron Man or female Thor, mm-hmm. specifically uh, when it's a uh, black character, black community gets mad. They don't want you to just make the, other, the white character no. black, they want their own original character, new, to be worth caring about, and it happen to be black. Right. That's why Black Panther's cool. So yeah. I think that is a really tone-deaf thing, and I know
0: it's it's simple, it's at the end of the album, but I was like, wow, that makes no sense, like, that to- that's really contradictory. Definitely disappointing for an artist who, I think, has, like, a lot of, I don't want to say, like, underground love, because I think he's pretty popular at this point, but he's not if as it, big as... If Logic was
1: uh, around 10 years ago, he'd be a backpack rapper. He yeah. wouldn't have any fame, but now he's on Def Jam, and mm-hmm. with streaming, and he's got a lot of fans. But you're right, he... Could be bigger. Yeah,
0: he could, and not. I? can't knock his ambition, though. Like, he, I think it's a really... I, I like the direction he's going, in, but he just needs to kind of hone it in a little
1: bit. The thing I'm interested in is he told uh, Genius in a video that his next album will be his last, because he's kind of had this whole, like, st- through line with his albums. And he said he'll probably still be in the hip-hop scene, of course, but I don't know. It'd be interesting last to see album, w- how he concludes. Next album will be his last? His last album, because he'll, be he? he'll be done making albums. He's, like, 27, I think. So, was he going to just release Playlist now, like Drake? I think he might want to move into other stuff and still be in hip hop, maybe features or tapes once in a while. But he puts a lot of thought and work in his album. So maybe he'll be like, yeah, well, I'll be done making albums the way he put it. So gotcha. interesting, at least for his future. I'm not down on logic, right. but I'm down on this album. Huh. Did really well in sales, though. two twenty-five to 240000 right now. Bad. 155, 166 uh,
0: traditional pure sales, mm-hmm. so he he his biggest album yet, so good for him. Yeah, that is good. He's I guess he is blowing up even if this isn't his best effort. don't we well, move on to Guardians though. Yeah. Because this was what like the third movie I've seen in theaters this year. I haven't seen I haven't seen many. And uh, was, I mean, I've been seeing it done. It was a lot of fun. Speaking of sales. One hundred forty-six
1: and a half million domestic. Blowing up. It premiered worldwide a week ago, so it's up to four
0: thirty-one and a half right now. So we're on the way to being another billion-dollar smash for Marvel. Good Mm -hmm. on them. Yeah, and did you see all the posters that were I say ripping off, but I guess like paying homage to like movies from the '80s? So there was the uh, A New Hope trailer, where or maybe it was a Return. I can't remember which one it was but it had like Star-Lord in the middle like shooting a beam up into the that's sky That's New Hope Yeah It's in my living room Yeah yeah, that's right And then uh, they also did a Goonies one where it was like oh, Star-Lord sure. was holding on and like someone was holding on to him It was that's it was true. pretty cool, they, cool. They've they hit all the right notes in terms of marketing yep. in terms of like music choices like everything around this
1: Yeah I forget what song way. it was but there was a song in one of the trailers that's not in the movie but James Gunn actually tweeted that he had told them to use that song because he didn't like the one they picked even mm-hmm. though it was never going to be In the movie, interesting. I think James Gunn's stamp is all over these these first two movies, and I really like that he gets to have his own identity as a filmmaker
0: in 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 the Marvel machine. You know, well, and they're even starting to kind of take that over into Thor. It seems like they're really taking that like the same tone. The Thor Ragnarok title is very
1: '80s, you know, like graphics. Mm -hmm. So, and judging by the vibe from the trailer, yeah, I think they're gonna will have some guardians vibes and for good oh, reason definitely. given this movie
0: yeah and especially with i think thor and you know when you're doing a movie with thor and hulk. the hulk it's you kind of need to make it a little bit more fun because those characters in and of themselves i mean they have like moments where they're really mm-hmm. funny but i don't think they can like all the thor movies kind of fell flat for me exactly yeah they have to so, do thor a little differently because yeah. the first ones were middling exactly so i guess why don't we start just with general thoughts
1: from this movie I think it's probably one of the stronger Marvel sequels mm-hmm. and I liked it a lot I think there's a lot of good character moments musical cues are as good as ever
0: yeah I thought yeah. the
1: musical cues it's fun. were spot on there's which some, was yeah. cool
0: there's like a little George Harrison in there which yeah. was really nice. the
1: opening scene had a was it Mr. Blue Sky yeah. by yeah. ELO mm-hmm. which was great
0: yeah, You know, for the longest time, we thought that was a Beatles song. I know that's, that's I pretty common. That. Uh, like Beatles-esque. I can, yeah, I can see that. Basically, everybody in the 80s tried to copy the Beatles in some way, I feel mm-hmm. like. So we're going to talk about spoilers. So yeah, if you didn't see Guardians yet, bookmark this and come back later, because we'll still be here. Yeah, yeah, have fun. absolutely. And uh, listen, while you're waiting, go to com slash NostalgiaPod and listen to all of our other podcasts.
1: And hit a subscription on YouTube. Subscribe, please. Like, comment, share
0: with a friend. Thanks. You're great. So there were a couple things I thought this movie could have done better. I didn't think it was paced very well. Um, it's a little all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> which is interesting, because it's still pretty small in scope, which I think yeah. was a positive. It definitely was a positive, but I uh, talking with Sean McKenna, who I went to the movie with, friend him, of the pod, friend of the pod, he was like, we got like halfway through the movie, and we yes. hadn't done anything. And I was yes. like, yeah, that's true. And then it all came together very quickly. Yeah. It kind of went from zero to 100.
1: Yeah, I think, when you think about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you have to... Obviously, go back to the first one. And remember, the first one, no one, besides fucking A1 nerds, mm-hmm. gave a fuck about these characters because no one knew who they were. Right. It was an August Marvel movie. This was their first chance since Thor, really. Mm-hmm. And it worked. They made us care about these characters that we had no knowledge of right. and left us wanting more. Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2 gives us more, but the, thing, the reason I think it's such a strong sequel is this isn't just Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron is literally more Avengers, but doesn't work as well this time because right. it didn't really change anything. Mm-hmm. It's still fun to look at, you know? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is all characters. Like mm-hmm. you said, almost to a fault because yeah. there's very little plot.
0: Yeah. It, it's but it's f-
1: enriching the characters we've already met more than anything.
0: I think mm-hmm. some of those things fell flat, and but some really hit. Like, I thought everything with Star-Lord, and especially like, around like, the dad stuff, mm-hmm. I thought it hit a lot of really good emotional tones. I, mean, I know by the end, a lot of people in the theater were crying.
1: Yeah, and... Uh, Uh, This movie's doing really well with, like, adopted kids Mm -hmm. and uh, anyone who didn't have, like, a traditional nuclear family. So I think that's awesome, because the first one, uh, Drax, really spoke to uh, autistic kids and people on the spectrum, you know? Definitely. Who didn't understand
0: understand metaphors and social cues like that. Uh, Which which continued in this, like, I think almost to, like, an annoying point, where I just kind of wanted him to be like, all right, Drax, like, chill out for just a little bit. Yeah, so
1: I think Drax, his character is growing, because I think he's becoming more normal. But yeah, the the humor of these movies, I think, through two, as we see that they're kind of, they're going to badger you with a lot of jokes yeah some of them will be awesome some of them will fall flat or some mm-hmm. of them will get too old but that's just kind of the style they go yeah and because they do so many jokes i don't think it ever lingers too long right but that's just kind of how they go so yeah, yeah like yeah we could use maybe one less of those kind of yeah. jokes
0: but uh, about
1: mantis or something.
0: But, not 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 a horrible. Right. I think that's just a style. That they're committed complaint. to that's the way they go about it. Right. So it's okay with me. What do you think of the stuff between Nebula and Gamora? See, I
1: like that. Again, I think so. They they built up, continued Star Lord's uh, question as dad, obviously to resolution. Right. With Kurt Russell. They continued to develop the relationship Star Lord had with Yandu which I wasn't actually sure how much Yondu we were going to get, uh, mm-hmm. given his role in the first movie. Right. And then, yeah, Nebula and Gamora, we knew they were sisters, we knew mm-hmm. they were the daughters of Thanos, and that's really all we knew. And Gamora was probably the least developed of the Guardians in the oh, first movie, yeah, I'd say. Definitely. I mean, Groot doesn't count, right. really. <laughs> Groot is a tree. And also, Nebula was someone people didn't really care about. She just kind of did some action-y stuff and was all mean. Yeah. Didn't she just show up and they
0: basically just, like beat her up? Yeah, they, like they fight at the
1: end and yeah. uh, a few other things.
0: It, it was interesting to hear the backstory and kind of how their relationship developed, but I really felt like the emotion, the like the emotionality, mm-hmm. I guess, of the scenes really didn't hit for me. I'm not sure if that's... Oh, I don't think it hit for me either. Yeah.
1: There was more emotional things. Yeah. I yeah, think it was just kind of more just, they had
0: to develop more. I like how they kind of doubled down the characters they already right. have. I also thought the stuff with Rocket was a little hard to get into, especially when it was like him and Yondu, like connecting, and I was like, mm-hmm. eh that's not necessarily hitting for me but it may i understood you know that they were trying to like give these characters some depth because this is a huge money maker for them as you can see and what's going to drive that forward like we talked about game of thrones is going to be characters it's not going to be the plot because the plot's going to be the same every time pretty much right i Um, mean unless they are able to establish this as like some sort of like star wars-esque thing where eventually the guardians will lose which i don't know maybe that will happen in doesn't happen that doesn't happen it'll definitely happen the first infinity war i think Big so, Thanos
1: kicks hella ass in the first one. Yeah, it's going to be
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Next year. Yeah. Uh, dude, uh, we, we should definitely check if I can with, like, the Marvel versus DC, like, plans and see, like, where, where those are at, because right. it's going to be interesting. Well,
1: but. as this movie yeah. shows, as the movie goes on in the post-credits, Marvel is so into the damn rabbit hole, because they're so damn successful, that they can bring in any hey, of character they fucking want now, and it's so awesome, because it works. Yeah, man. Sylvester Stallone plays a Stakar who was the uh, who played Star Wars. He was basically the original uh, Star Lord, and then uh, Michael Rosenbaum, Ving Rames, Michelle Yeoh, and the voice of Miley Cyrus are all those other Ravagers at the yeah. end. And that whole crew was the original Guardians. That was an awesome callback because the team we know from the movies was actually a second generation of the Guardians in the comics. Right. Very complicated because again, no one really gave a fuck with the Guardians. Mm-hmm. That's a, such a cool callback to canonize them as the, these new Ravagers. And um, Aisha at, in the that post credit scene, the gold chick.
0: Oh yeah, she
1: creates Adam. Warlock, who's this really important cosmic character who actually is Star-Lord's dad in the comics, but also very integral to Thanos, so, like, they're fucking going for it, man.
0: Well, and and that was, like, the really interesting thing. I felt like that was such a weird, like, subplot, or, like, under... Like running theme of like that what was that girl's name you just said Ayesha Elizabeth yeah. Debecki plays her yeah and she's been in a couple of big movies recently yeah she was in uh, Man from Uncle as yeah. the bad guy she's also been, uh, um, she's in um in else Great Gatsby yes yeah but I, I I thought that was so weird how basically like that little interaction in the beginning was like driving the whole plot basically yeah 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 um, it's, it's a little abrupt yeah but I mean at the same time it's kind of cool that like those people are gonna continue to be part of it it's yeah not like they're just like a one off
1: and like yeah like they're kind of like. Like really like these noble people, but they're right. also kind of like bumbling idiots because mm-hmm. they were really inept with their their ships and uh like the red card Yeah, like rolling was. the thing out. But the fact that they're gonna stick around because of the Thanos connection with Adam Warlock mm-hmm. is cool. And uh James mm-hmm. Gunn will be back for Guardians three, which I think is great. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the fact he's gonna have he'll complete a trilogy, and they said that this can take place. Guardians three will take place after both uh Infinity War movies awesome so they have this he, he keeps referring to the cosmic universe so they're kind of they have this own Marvel shit that they're just getting weird mm-hmm. and I think there's opportunities for it to get a lot different and uh, Captain Marvel
0: Br- Brie Larson is definitely going to connect with them yeah that's really cool yeah there, there's a lot of great stuff going on for Marvel and we've talked about it before so we don't need to like belabor the point but they've mm-hmm. put in the groundwork on this so that they can start to have these cool moments Exactly. And build these kind of movies uh, franchises I guess yep. this is always an unfair question but better or worse than the first one yeah, it
1: is that, it's a tough one. I think I like the first one more. I still like this one a lot. I think because this one is so character-focused more than anything, because, mm-hmm. like, Kurt Russell as the primary villain in mm. Guardians 2... Yeah, we haven't even talked about it. His bad guy plot is kind of stereotypical, like, I'm going to take over the galaxy or something. But because it doesn't actually get that far, and it never gets bogged down in that, they kind of, like, bury the lead with the whole bad guy plot. Right. Because it's so focused on the characters, I don't even think it matters. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, Civil War, where... uh Zemo was that bad guy, but he was mm-hmm. really just a catalyst for all the, the fighting between right. the Avengers, right? Yeah. So
0: Zemo. I didn't even know that guy's name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that, he? Like, that, Daniel Brewell plays him, I think. Yeah.
1: yeah the, the, see, the first one didn't give us any origins for the characters. It just gave us the origin of the team. Right. And this one develops more of the characters.
0: Yeah, like a slight origin of Star-Lord, basically. Yeah, really
1: just presenting the questions,
0: a lot of which were answered
1: right. in this movie. Yeah. So I think you really have to kind of have that context when you think about th- these two movies together but i think from a pure enjoyment the first one especially the first time you see it just because of the, the whole unknownness mm-hmm. is fun but the sequel was not stale no like no, old no. John quickly became
0: before i give my take on that just one question why did uh ego have to tell star lord that he put the tumor in, the mo- in his mom's brain like he could have literally left that part out and everything would have been what's his name him. ego yeah yeah he doesn't care. Which also, like another tip, like if your dad's name is ego, you probably shouldn't like trust him. Ego living planet. Yeah. Anyways, I yeah, <laughs> I think I'd like the first one more, but I do I did think this one was successful. I'd probably give it, like a B plus. Right. So. I liked Kurt Russell's ego as a bad guy more than Lee Pace's Ronin. Yeah. Right? Absolutely, because he's definitely a more important yeah. character. But and I also think Kurt Russell is getting to the stage in his life where he could either be Santa Claus or like Father Christmas, or, like you know, uh, Christmas present in Scrooge. Yeah. Like he basically is that guy all the time anyway. I listen to. Uh,
1: he's in Fast and the Furious now
0: as Mr. Yeah. Nobody. Just shows up, when does he, bees Kurt Russell, and he has a great laugh. Like such a great laugh. Yep. Uh, very happy person. Yeah. So uh, I think Guardians is probably one of the best franchises in Marvel at this point, just Definitely. because it takes on it's a really, fun. yeah, it's a fun movie going experience, but that can also hit some really important emotional. Yeah, things, like the fact that it work. can speak to so many different groups of people yeah. shouldn't be understated. Not at all. But we'll probably wrap it up there for this week. Yeah. Another Nostalgia Pod in the books. This is what, 61? Two. 62. Jeez. 69 coming up. Yeah. Stay tuned. Give us some ideas for that one. Yeah, at Nostalgia Pod on Twitter. Let I us want know. We'll to do some weird shit. Just, uh, we'll talk about some weird shit, put it that way. If you want to give us a follow on Twitter, at NostalgiaPod, go to SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod, subscribe on YouTube. Link link to the YouTube, link to the Spotify, right there at SoundCloud. And give us an iTunes review, if possible. Share some friends, family. They say to call it Apple Podcasts now. But it's also still called iTunes, so we're going to keep calling it iTunes. Yeah, I am not calling it Apple Pie. <laughs> if you have any suggestions for what you want to talk about coming up, let us know. I don't know, what's going on this week? Maybe we should check in on Saul. We haven't talked about Better Call Saul. Muy bien. bien. I know, I, yes. need, I need to catch up. So um, We got Saul, we got
1: Paramore album on Friday. Oh, I really? Think.
0: After Laughter the 12th, right? Wow. Yeah,
1: XXL Freshman, we got to talk about that before June.
0: There's a lot going on. We'll, we'll I, I gotta play on. that
1: game where I ask you if these are real rapper names or not.
0: That That's a lot of fun. I was listening to one. T. Grizzly. Is that somebody? T.
1: Grizzly. I, he's got a f- song with Yachty called From the D-Day. Yes,
0: and I was listening to that, but it just came on my Spotify, like I'm right. randomly, and I was like, I recognize his voice, but I don't think this is the person's name. Because and, he um, must
1: not be named recommended in your car two weekends ago. Really? His other song. Uh, fr- first day out, or something. Ah, yeah. Okay, that
0: makes sense. Fear call. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Shout out to all our Nostalgia Pod fans. We had a good episode last week. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Girls' Review. Know. Check it out if you missed it. Yeah. And uh, you should have to check it out if you're going to the Meadows. Give us your thoughts on the lineup. And subscribe right there. All right. We love you. All my days, i